Welcome friends. We are your hosts, Sandy and Wade, baby best friends turned husband and wife and business partners. This podcast is for the dreamers, the movers and shakers, and those who seek to attract their dream life. Strap in, getting magnetic in three, two, one. Like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. And then from that point, the universe is going to get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to rise. Woo! Today's episode, fire. Fasten your seatbelts. It was real good. Oh my gosh, that was fun. A little bit of gut checks. Yeah, some definite gut checks, but it was on the mindset of an entrepreneur and beyond that, the mindset of a successful entrepreneur and then employee mindset versus entrepreneurship mindset and how to step into that. So this is for you. If you are an entrepreneur, if you want to become an entrepreneur, or honestly, if you're interested in hearing the difference between how an employee thinks, how an entrepreneurship thinks and how that that world works. This was a real fun one. I enjoyed it. It was a ton of fun. Today's episode, I want to add some value here real quick, is brought to you by, have you guys heard of the Whoop Band? I've been using it. I've used it for training for different things. It basically is like a Fitbit, but like on steroids, like way better where it'll track your sleep. Very important. It'll give you a recovery. Like this is how ready you are to get after it today. It'll track your workouts and everything in between. I'm training for this Ironman. I think I got to re-up my Whoop Band and I want you guys to do it with me. So I'll drop the Whoop Band link. Check it out. And we were talking last night with people and a lot of people ask us about investing in real estate. Mm-hmm. I know we we interviewed CEO of Spartan Invest, Lindsay Davis. Guys, turnkey rental real estate investing is the jam. So I feel like we should drop that link in the show notes too. Let's do it. Let's Little do friendly it. friendly reminder. Check if, it out. Check it out. All right. On to the episode. Here we go. Hello, hello. Welcome to Getting Magnetic. It's your hosts. Sandy and Wade. Yeah. We're so excited. So we were on our walk this morning And we decided that today's episode is going to be on an employee mindset versus entrepreneurial mindset. That's been something huge that we, and probably more specifically, I have been developing and transitioning over the past couple years. And, you know, we were talking to friends last night, we were at dinner and they are looking into starting this new venture. And so we're kind of asking us some questions about it. And we were like, oh be a good getting magnetic topic. Like what is the mindset of an entrepreneur? Like how do you just start being an entrepreneur? So let's get into it. Okay, let's do it. First, I want to ask you a question. Bring it on. Are entrepreneurs born or made or both? Mm, I think both. I was a born entrepreneur. Like I was put on this planet to just figure things out on my own. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But not everyone is like that. I think it's something that can definitely be developed. So if you're listening and you feel like you don't have an entrepreneurial spirit, that's okay. That's something that you can absolutely develop. Do you have entrepreneurship like traces back to childhood? Yes. What were they? (laughs) I have many of them. (laughs) Let's hear them. I would say it probably like started with my chore list of being like, my chore list, by the way, I want to see if my dad has that somewhere like saved on a desktop. I helped 
put it together, but I think, <laughs> I think I got 20 bucks a week if I did, it was all these certain things, but then there was extras. If I read a book in a month, I think it was, I got like an extra 20 bucks. If my dad loved like shoulder massages, if I gave him shoulder massages, I got a dollar a minute. Ooh. Um, yeah. So I'd always be like, Hey, 10 minutes, over 60 here, bucks an hour. That's a pretty good rate for a kid for like a 10 year old. Yeah. yeah I'd crush neck massages. Yeah. Um, so I loved that type of stuff of being like, Oh, what can I take ownership of? But I was like the lemonade stand queen. Mm. I had lemonade stands all the time. Did you make bomb lemonade? Did you have really good product? I had great product. And sometimes I'd even have chocolate chip cookies. Oh, to differentiate Mm -hmm. it in the market. Okay. Yes. And I was such a charmer that people often said, keep the change, honey. Oh, okay. It happened. Yes. Okay. There were multiple times when I got a 10 or a 20. Wow. And they said, keep the change. And I was that small business owner on the corner doing the dance like, I'm killing it. Yeah. Actually, even when I was 18 years old, me and a couple girls, we really wanted to go on this trip to Cabo. And our parents were like, you're not going to Mexico. And we're like, we'll earn it. So we had a lemonade stand at 18. We were in like jean shorts and like bikinis and high heels standing on the corner. Like did not look great. (laughs) Having a lemonade stand with signs like send us to Cabo. (laughs) Oh my God. And did you earn it? Did you make it? We never went to Cabo. We did make like 80 bucks. I was like, that's pretty good for like an hour lemonade stand, (laughs) but that's not going to send you to Cabo. Not getting you to Cabo. Um, Another thing my sister and I used to do, I think being that we're 11 months apart. And then our brother's nine years younger. We were like these mini moms, right? I knew how to change a diaper, like a boss at age nine. Mm -hmm. I knew how to like feed him. I knew how to carry him, put him in and out of his car seat, like all the things. And so helping with kids became something I really, really loved. So Tanya and I made flyers that was like the sister duo. And we were in the Kite Hill Flyer. The (laughs) Kite Hill Flyer is like the neighborhood I grew up in. And you could call this lady and have your name put on there. So it had me and Tanya on there, like our names, our ages, our how many years of experience, our phone numbers. And then we also made these flyers and we went door to door to like 600 houses in the neighborhood. And it had a picture of us like with our dogs and our brother. And it said like, we're here to help you. Like we can change diapers. We can do this. Like it listed all the things we could do. We even had pet sitting services and house sitting services. And we loved that we could advertise it as like a sister duo. Cause it's like, if Sandy's not available, Tanya's gotcha. Mm-hmm, and if mm-hmm. Tanya's not available or she's sick, Sandy's gotcha. Like it was like, yeah. So I could give you like a million instances, yeah. but it's like literally in my blood. I love it. I love it. So Sandy is probably more of a natural born entrepreneur, <laughs> but I love that she said, and you know, she empowered anyone out there listening or all of us that it's, you don't think that it's just all entrepreneurs, successful ones. They're just born that way. No, it can be developed. Absolutely. I think so too. And I, I think about myself, you know, now we consider ourselves, it's funny. The other day someone asked what I do and we have multiple ventures and businesses and different things. And I'm like, geez, where do I start? Where do I begin? How do I answer that? And I think going forward, it's just I'm a lifestyle entrepreneur. I do a lot of different things. And then you can get into it from there. But lifestyle entrepreneur, I think. So, but I think for me, I think too, was I born an entrepreneur or did I develop it? I probably lean more towards developing it. And I think obviously your environment has a huge influence on you. Like for me, I think my environment had a huge influence. Like I wasn't around entrepreneurs. Like I was around corporate business, like go to the Ivy league school or go to business school, get a degree and go get a job and be successful that way. So that's what I knew. And that's what I went towards. But I think back to, too, you know, in middle school, 
I was always into music and I was the guy who like knew the cool new music and everyone was listening to like Green Day and like 90s type stuff and I was listening to like Jay-Z and rap music. So my friends would be like, yo, like how do I listen to that stuff? Can you make me a CD? And I'd be the guy, I'd be like burning rap CDs and selling them out of my locker. And then I was like, ooh, I could expand my product. And I, you know, now my, my, my moniker is wellness with weight. I'm all about the healthy lifestyle, but... Back then, Mountain Dew was the jam. So I'd be selling Mountain Dew out of my locker. Mountain Dew Code Red. They had a red Mountain Dew. Gosh, I don't even want to think about what's in that and what that does to a child. If you're listening out there, I actually got a gut punch for you. No more soda. We're done with soda for life. Definitely your kids can't have soda. If you, as an adult, want to make a decision to have soda, know that it's not good for you. Let's cut it out. You can find an alternative. Anyways, back to the show. I was selling Mountain Dews. I expanded the product to Snicker Bars. So at, at one point, it's Snicker Bars, Mountain Dews, and Rap CDs out of the locker. And then I'm making like Could cash. Could they get like a combo deal? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh okay. yeah. I would I would bunch <laughs> products. Yeah, oh. for sure. I would upsell. I'd be like, I know you want the Jay-Z CD that I made, but have you had a Mountain Dew yet today? And then I got busted because apparently that wasn't allowed and the principal said, I can't sell stuff out of my locker. So then I had to go underground after school and stuff. But anyways, so I think I had a little bit of that in me. But I think my environment shaped and moved me towards go to business school, go get a safe, secure job that, you know, you can have a successful career and provide and have the benefits and everything. And I think also your environment and your proximity and who you're around shapes you too. Because then in you know, Sandy and I getting together later in life, being around her, being around maybe more of a natural born entrepreneur, it made me like, whoa, I like what entrepreneurship has to offer. I would look at her and be like, oh, she owned her own juice bar franchise. And I would look at her and I'd be like, whoa, on a Tuesday, she could go to the beach. Like, that's amazing. I can't do that. I'm at the desk. So it looks glamorous from the outside. But, you know, in talking to her from the inside, it's late nights, it's early mornings, it's managing employees it's all these different things and like it seems glamorous entrepreneurship but it's hard work and that's what i've realized it is hard work but it is on your own terms and it's mm -hmm. it, there's that autonomy there so i think there's a big difference like there's different sectors even within entrepreneurship because you know with that i thought oh my gosh like i'll check into the shop for like an hour or two a day i'll have incredible employees that will run the, the place and all like go to spin class all the time and I'll like go to yoga and like do beach walks. And like, I thought it was just going to be way easier than it was. But when you own a small business, especially like a brick and mortar, mm -hmm. like something that like is open to the public seven days a week, 14 hours a day, you are a slave to your business. You are literally the president and the janitor. Yep. No one cleans the toilet. Like <laughs> Sandy cleans the toilet. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Like, Oh my God. So it's like, and, and no, no one cares about your business no as much as you No one cares about it the way you Because they're employees yes. and you are the owner entrepreneur. So you find yourself working. I found myself working harder than I ever had in any job mm -hmm. because I'm like, this is a public business that like I have a Yelp account. I have people coming in here every single day and I could have a hundred positive reviews, but one bad one could like really mess things up. So everything had, I had to be on my A game at all times. And it became so consuming. Like I had that for almost four years, which thinking back on that, I can't even believe it. That was the exhausting chapter of my life, mm -hmm. but I learned so much. Yeah. 
for it's sure. It's so amazing. I mean, how to operate a business from the inside out. It's such valuable. I went to business school. I literally got my master's degree in business. We had to start a business in business school, but you got the hands-on, like real world running and operating a business for four years. That's the best. I, you know, now in starting businesses, I realize business school is great on paper. Starting a business and doing it and actually taking action is the best business school mm-hmm. you could ever be a part of. And there are ways to start smarter businesses than others. Like a brick and mortar is harder going out and getting a huge loan that you pay back over time. There's ways to start businesses like that overnight. But for, I think the, the first segment we want to empower you, if you're an entrepreneur or you're a new entrepreneur, or you even would potentially want to be an entrepreneur. You can that, do it. You, you can, can do, do it. it. And that can be developed. Let's segue into kind of why most people are employees, the employee mindset, and then we'll branch into like how to, what an entrepreneurial mindset is versus employee. I think. Hold up. Okay. First of all, I think people, most people are trained to look for jobs, not opportunities. People look for jobs. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've never thought of it that way. I've always been like, where's the best opportunity? I'm willing to trade time and invest in something and pour energy and love and grit and all these things into something that is building something that I can't even see yet. Right. Whereas I feel like a job is like safety and security where it's like, I show up at this time and I'm guaranteed to make this amount of money. And it's not like one is better than the other, but before we dive into that, I just think evaluate where you're at. Is your mindset thinking of job or is your mindset thinking of opportunity? That's totally true. And I think so. One, the whole world couldn't be entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are creators, right? They create things. They bring things to market. They they solve problems. They, they bring solutions to the marketplace. They add value to the marketplace. But the world needs entrepreneurs. The world needs employees, too. So it's not like everyone in the world could be an entrepreneur. We'd all be starting businesses and there'd be no one besides the owner to make it run like the world needs employees too and there's a it's the circle of life is the ecosystem of business it's like the why the world needs all the animals and all the plants like it needs you know business needs employees it needs owners it needs entrepreneurs it needs it all and why do most of us go into becoming an employee i think it really stems from our brain over you know millions of years however many years we've been evolving craves safety and security it goes towards that it is like it, our number one thing our brain does is survival so then nowadays survival you know we aren't running from wild animals we have homes we're domesticated but now our survival brain goes i need safety and security so we crave we move towards security and safety a job is much safer than being an entrepreneur being an entrepreneur is taking a risk, is taking a bet on yourself. And getting a job is like, okay, I, I have a salary, most likely. So all I got to do is show up, do my job, do enough to get by, and I'm going to get paid every two weeks. I have benefits. I have health insurance. I might be able to invest in a 401k. I have maybe shares in the life company. insurance. I might have shares in a company, which is a great hook. You know, if, if I'm a owner, entrepreneur, CEO, I'm probably giving some shares to my employees to be like, 
really pull them in. Like, this is the vision where the company's going. We're going to sell. You're going to have some shares. We're sell at some point. You're going to have some shares. Like, that's like a big hook in. Or those big bonuses that you hang out there. Like, mm-hmm. if you're here for five years, you get this 50000 or 100 or whatever $1,000 bonus. Or there's also like maternity leave or paternity leave, yeah. right? As an entrepreneur, you don't get that. I've thought about that. Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, yeah, that just isn't a thing in entrepreneurship. Now you can set your business up where it doesn't always need you day in, day out all the time. The goal is to become an owner, not an operator, but we'll get to that. So we become employees a lot of times because there's safety and security there. We crave the known. We're scared of the unknown. It's scary. It's different. It's against our human nature to just go explore the unknown. So going to that salary and everything in that safety and security, we know it's there. We know what we have to do to keep our job and we know what we're going to get from it. And for me, you know, that was my world. And I realized I was like, whoa, five years from now, if I keep doing what I'm doing, I can project within a range what my income will be, the raises I'll get, the increases in bonuses and everything. And I'm like, dang, I don't know. I can also project how many vacation days I'm going to be getting a year and everything. And so at one point I realized that's not going to work for me, but that let's start with the employee mindset is this is my mindset. I go to work Monday through Friday. Let's say it's nine to five. My hours were a little bit longer. Sometimes I had to work on the weekends, but the typical is like, okay, Monday through Friday, nine to five, I get two, maybe three weeks vacation. I might get a three to 5% raise at the end of the year. I might get a 10, 15 or more percent bonus, depending on what work you do. And if the company does well, you know that it's this level of certainty and you know, I'm going to keep going to work. I'm going to keep getting paid every two weeks. My bills will get paid. And it's that level of certainty. Now in transitioning into entrepreneurship, all of a sudden it's uncertainty. There's no boss. There's no hours you have to work. There's no anything. But one mistake I think I see people make is they bring an employee mindset, a nine to five. Oh, it's a weekend. I'm not going to, I'm not building my business. It's a Saturday. It's Sunday or it's, oh, it's after five. This is when I cook dinner and watch Netflix. Like I don't, I'm not working or like, oh, it's before nine. Why would I do any work or anything? But like, no. So they bring the employee mindset into entrepreneurship which I think is a mistake because it's just a totally different world as an entrepreneur. I I remember hearing entrepreneurs say like, I haven't taken a day off or you hear like Elon Musk saying, I haven't taken a day off in seven years or whatever. And as an employee, I was like, you're an an insane person. I would never want to do this finance job on a Sunday if I don't have to, if we don't have a deadline, why would someone do that work every day? Now I realize it's not necessarily working nine to five. And it's also something they're passionate about. So they're sitting there on a Saturday or a Sunday and say they're home and they're like, I could mellow out. Or what if I just push this project forward and just put an hour into it? So I think let's dive into transitioning to what is an entrepreneurial mindset and how is it different than employee mindset? I think an entrepreneurial mindset is focused more on the possibilities versus like the guarantees, if you will. I don't want security of knowing, oh, I'm going to make this amount or I'm going to have health insurance or I'm going to get a pension or I'm going to know that I get three months of maternity leave or like I don't want for me like that is like I reject all of that. I want to take full ownership of like if we have a big dip in our business or we're not doing well, 
full ownership. I have not shown up the way I know that I can. If we're thriving and things are absolutely exploding, full ownership. I'm showing up like a boss, Mm. right? Like I love having full ownership and knowing that my life is a physical manifestation of my work, of my thoughts, of just everything that I put into it. So I love that like knowing that. And it's true. Like we travel a lot. We have a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but there isn't a day where I'm like, Oh babe, we should do this. Like our, we're so passionate about what we do and serving others that you can't turn that off, but it's not a work day. I don't think I've done an eight hour work day. We don't do eight hour work days. Mm-hmm. Like we do, I'll do an hour of focused work and then I'll go on a beach walk and then I'll, you know, maybe make a call or two and then we'll make a meal. And then, you know, like our days all broken up and I love that it's like focus time and then something that feels right. Focus time, something that feels right. Like sitting, I feel like it's so unnatural to sit at a desk for eight, 10, 12 hours and be productive. Right. Like how many hours are you actually productive? Two. I think, I think they've done studies two hours. Employees are, have like that focus productive time for two out of eight hours a day. It's crazy. But it's that volume It's sit at the desk for eight so I can get the two out of you. And I think what you said there, it's so true. It's like in going into entrepreneurship, you realize it should be something likely you're passionate about, or you have a vision or a why that's big. So when you're working, it's not like, Oh, I'm working. It just blends into life. So lifestyle entrepreneurship is we get to dictate our day every day and we want to work every day. So we work, have those focus times, but we also pick our life up and travel or do this or that or, or go to yoga or whatever we want to do any given day. It's not this separation of work and personal life. It's just One blended blend, yeah. and it's just life. It's just life. It's lifestyle. I and, felt like before, like when you were still in corporate, I did feel like our life was very compartmentalized. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you'd come home from work or I'd be like, how was your day? Like, oh my gosh, how did that person respond to that email? Or what did so-and-so say when you told him this? Or, you know, like I want to, you know me, I love details. So I'd want like a breakdown of like your whole day and like how things went. And it felt like this disconnect. It's like, I love you and I love our nights together and the sliver of a morning we get and the weekends. But like the majority of our waking hours, like, we're not together mm-hmm. kind of felt like disconnected where I literally would dream and envision like being able to build a life of like working together, like working towards those same goals. Like how cool if we could wake up every single day and be like, let's do this today. Like, let's focus on this today. Like, I think this is where I, sh- I don't know if you should go or I have this great idea and feeling like aligned on that. And so I feel like overall, when you think about an employee mindset versus an entrepreneurial mindset, it to me kind of comes down to like safety and security versus like optimistic, like risk taker. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really yeah. know. No, that's, a, that's great. An optimistic risk taker. Yeah. Like that's kind of what that's I'm it. thinking. That's yeah. what it is. Right. Uh, it's totally, you nailed it there. Cause it's like, I have I'm zero opti- guarantees that I, this is going to work. Zero, I'm taking a risk, but I'm optimistic and I believe in myself that I can make this work. And I think we should get into what qualities or things that a successful entrepreneur goes to because it's one thing to start and then it's another to stay with it and be successful. Yeah. I heard Ed Milet, super successful entrepreneur. We got to get him on the podcast. He's down in Laguna Beach. Might have to go knock on his door. He said this the other day and I wrote it down because I was like, whoa, that was profound. He said, entrepreneurship is the greatest self-discovery and greatest self-improvement program in the world. And that I heard that and it, you know, when you hear something and it just, I just it, got chills. it hits you. And I was like, 
Wow, that is so true. Because through entrepreneurship, you discover a lot about yourself and your identity, and then you improve yourself a lot. We, Sandy and I always say this, your business will follow you. When you grow first as a person, you develop your skills, you develop yourself as a person, your business will follow. It will lag behind that. Jim Rohn always said, normal education will make you a living. I've experienced that. I went through normal education, even higher education. It made me a living, a pretty good living. Self-education will make you a fortune because what Ed Milet went to say on He said, entrepreneurship has the highest potential compensation package in the world. When you can find ways to add value to the marketplace, coming back to what is entrepreneurship, it's solving problems, it's creating, it's adding value to the marketplace. And the the self-discovery, self-improvement program, it is better than any course any schooling, anything I know of. We've been through courses. We've been through schooling. I've been through graduate school. There's nothing compares to actually doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what separates an entrepreneur. You know, a lot of people think, and myself included, when you go to start something like, okay, I'm going to start this thing. I'm going to make sure I have this really cool website. I'm going to get an awesome logo. I got to set everything up and make sure it's perfect and all the things. And I'm going to do a program or a course. And so I got to make sure that's all done and everything. And so like everything's perfect and done. So everything's just amazing. And then I'll go to market. It's like, no. Eh, and, wrong. And, and, yeah. So what does an entrepreneur do? Like, what does a successful entrepreneurship do? Like, do they, they get s- shit done. They just Without, get shit done. Done is better than perfect. We have rolled out things that have not been completely thought through. And we're just like, well, we're just going to test the market. We're just going to see what this is like. And so I think stop overthinking it and just do it. Like, like five, Nike, four, three, just two, do one. it. Five, four, three, two, one. Like get something out there. Stop overthinking it and know that something is better than nothing, you know, and you will evolve. You will grow. We've released products before that we've developed that are great. And we've been like, oh, we need to tweak this. We need to improve this. Oh, this could have been done better or whatever. And we make tweaks and upgrades along the way. But we would have missed out on helping so many people and thousands of product sales had we not just done it to begin with. You know, I want to say too, like, what do you say about a W-2? You won't get wealthy off a W-2 or yeah, how did you word that's that? From, that's from one of our mentors, Robert Kiyosaki. But he, the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, if you haven't oh, read it, so it's... Good. As far as financial literacy goes, it, you know, you don't get taught in school money, anything. We just, and we've covered this and we had a money series, you know, on this, on getting magnetic, but we aren't taught money. We just, whatever our parents think or whatever we're around, that's what we just develop. Mm-hmm. And that book will change the game f- for you as far as financial literacy. But what it makes you realize, like, you don't get rich off a of W-2 or it's a very, very, small chance. It's being the CEO with the shares and making millions as a CEO. Those W-2s, it's more so their equity than it is their W-2 salary that makes them rich. So you don't get rich off a W-2. You also pay a ton of taxes. It's just, it's if wealth and abundance is in the vision for your life, like a W-2 is the hardest way to get there. Entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. is that exponential growth opportunity. And you want to be more valuable, be more valuable to the marketplace. Like it's hard to do that as a W-2. You can get raises and promotions, but if you want to double your income, 
shoot, you either got to go find a new job that's going to pay you twice as much. If in a W-2 position, if you're an entrepreneur, you're like, how do I be twice as valuable to the market? Shoot, I got to come out with a new product or service or I got to better myself and come back and be ready to go. But the entrepreneurship, as you know, Ed Milet was saying, is that best compensation package known to the marketplace, known to mankind, because you're creating, you are bringing value, you are bringing jobs to the marketplace, bringing jobs to employ people, to pay them, to make sure they feel safe and secure. You know how they say like most businesses fail in the first year, what is it, five years? I don't know the exact statistic. I think so much of that is because people don't do, kind of going back to what you were saying about mindset, like being an entrepreneur, the business lives in your head. Mm-hmm. The business lives between your ears and what you like believe and what you think about, you bring about. So if you're not sure like where it's heading or how am I going to do this? Or, oh my God, like I, sh- I made a mistake or you're kind of like getting these like anxious feelings or just uncertainty and you're not actively working on building your belief, like you will fall into that statistic of being a business that fails. And so when we talk about like working harder on yourself than anything else, like what, what does that mean? There's a lot of ways we do that. But what I realized was when I was working at a desk, I was like, okay, this is my job. This is what I have to do to make sure I keep my job. I wasn't super interested in like growing and developing my skills like crazy, maybe like early on in my career, just to like climb the ladder. But then you get comfortable, right? You're not like going the extra mile, which is always less crowded. You're like, I know I'm going to get paid. Like, I'm going to just do my job. Because it's guaranteed and it's safe. It's guaranteed and it's safe. And you aren't like really looking to hone your craft and develop your skills. Like, I'm speaking for most people because it gets to this level of complacency or comfort. As an entrepreneur, you realize what you put in, you get out of it. Mm -hmm. So it's like, shoot. you want to work harder. You want to work harder. You want to develop yourself. And you realize, like like coming back to is the greatest self-development program in the world, as I develop myself and become more valuable, my business will become more valuable and everything I put into it can be exponential that mm-hmm. I can get out of it. So you surround yourself with entrepreneurs. That's a part of you know my development process, I would say, whether it's digitally, podcasts or audio or video or watching Tony Robbins for 10 minutes in the morning while we're getting ready for our day or whatever, or it's being around other like-minded people or entrepreneurs that expand my vision for my life that are doing more than I'm doing. So I'm like, whoa, I'm playing small. I could play way bigger. That's a part of my development process. Maybe finding a mentor. Finding a mentor or a coach is a huge part of it. You can shortcut the learning curve of being an entrepreneur by hiring a coach or finding a mentor. Find someone who's done what you're looking to do and model after them. You can go through the all the hard things and do it. And it's still going to be really hard, but someone to guide you along the way and be like, Oh, I made these mistakes. Let's pass those and let's go straight into the work and doing the do that's huge. Just reading. I mean, reading is huge, reading, learning from people who have done things that I want to do before me or learning new skills or things or just, you know, reading is like exercise for our brain. Like you go out to the gym and you exercise your body to be fit or healthy, right? It's the same. It, that's reading for your brain. That's learning for your brain. Um, I think investing in yourself too with like conferences or workshops oh yeah. or things that you find interesting to hone in on your craft or maybe being involved in a mastermind or a networking group or like literally what are you doing to get outside the box and outside your comfort zone? We did Toastmasters for a while. Mm-hmm. That was 
very fun and definitely uncomfortable a little yeah. bit. So it's like, what are you doing to stretch yourself outside? These are things that I didn't do in chapters of my life when I've been an employee. Mm-hmm. I only did it when I was trying to grow my business, trying to grow my mindset, trying to network, trying to meet new people, trying to think outside the box. And I think over the past few years too, our mindset, like with meditation, with having a morning routine, mm-hmm. with Everything has just like fully come into alignment, like prioritizing our nutrition and practicing affirmations, being really big and intentional on like, what am I telling myself every day? What am I speaking life over? Mm -hmm. Right. You and I have a practice every day. We look in the mirror and we say, I am blank with all these different incredible affirmations. And we speak that over ourselves to like the point where it literally gives me chills and sometimes makes me cry. And I look at some of my affirmations and I'm like, it's crazy to think I, there's been times when I haven't believed these things. Right. But it's like just speaking over that. And I think expressing gratitude and maybe having like some sort of journaling practice. But all this stuff is like fundamental, I believe, to building a strong, stable foundation. You might be able to like skyrocket and do something great, but like to stay there, to maintain that, you need to be working on your mindset and your belief every, 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 every single day. School's never out for the pro. Entrepreneurship is that lifelong development process and progress and there's going to be ebbs and flows and there's going to be highs and lows and everything in between. But as you develop yourself in your mind, you know how to weather that. I think one recurring value or trait or thing that I hear over and over again and experience over and over again is also a successful entrepreneur. They handle and look at rejection or failure differently and they're much more able to handle rejection because they they might not even think about it or feel that it's rejection, but where most people will take rejection or quote unquote failure and just use it as an opportunity to stop, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs can work and push through that and even reposition it as it's not even rejection and failure. It might be a no for now or it might be a learning experience. Could you expand on that like with your experience? Like how do you think about a successful entrepreneur and how they handle like rejection or failure. It's constant pivoting. Rejection to me is just redirection. It's like, okay, that didn't work. Plan B, let's go. And I often don't think front hand of plan B, C, D, E. I'm just hardcore focused on plan A. And then the second that doesn't play through, I'm like, okay, we're going to do this. So I don't like think about all the other what ifs and what could happen. I just really focus in on plan A and usually it works out, but if it doesn't, it's like, okay, that wasn't meant to be. Like you said, a no does not mean no forever, or that's not going to work. It just means like it's the timing isn't right. Mm -hmm. So let's just pivot and let's think through, like take a step outside, like an overhead view looking down and being like, okay, that is not how it worked. So let's think through how could we navigate this differently and just trying to think of it from a different perspective. But yeah, rejection can hurt. No's can hurt. There's definitely been times in my business where certain situations or things or people, I don't know, certain things happen where it did not feel good or it felt like personal. And I think a big thing is like really not taking things personal. Mm -hmm. And I still am learning how to do that every day and just... I think of us as like professional problem solvers, like literally just being like, okay, this is what this person's coming at me with, or this is what this person's dealing with. And I know that I can help them with X, Y, Z. So let me ask questions. Let me dig into, you know, how to like fix that or help there. And it's kind of a lot of like live time working through things. Like, I feel like there's not a 
structured, perfect plan for how we don't have this like marketing strategy or like, I have no idea what we're going to be doing a month from now or even like next week. Like Mm -hmm. we're just kind of like in the moment and like living it and feeling it and rolling with things as they come. And sometimes things pop up where you're like, wow, did not see this coming. This is the priority. Got to deal with this first. But I don't know. I just feel like overall entrepreneurship is so exciting. It's thrilling. It's so life-giving. It's so exciting. And just like, it's like this adventure, this never ending adventure that really brings so much joy and at the same time, like calmness into my life, because I know, like, I trust myself. I know I will figure out anything that comes. I know that I am an overcomer. I know that I have lived through things that I have proven to myself that no matter what comes my way, I will figure it out. And even if you and I lost everything, if all of our businesses like went to nothing, our whole team left, we lost this house, we lost all our investment properties, our cars got taken away, like, and we had to go like live with my dad or like figure it out. I'd be like, okay, I definitely did not see that coming, but we've done it once and we'll do it again. Mm -hmm. And let's figure out what's our next thing. So I think that the key there is that unwavering belief in yourself. Entrepreneurship is definitely like a bet on yourself. So you have to develop that unwavering belief in yourself. I will figure it out no matter what. And I think coming back full circle to what is failure, honestly, this isn't entrepreneurship. It's not a test. It's not like if I get under a 60, I fail the test. It's black or white. It's binary. It's the only way you can fail in entrepreneurship is to quit. The only way you can fail in entrepreneurship is to to quit. quit. That's the only way. If you just stop, if you give up, That's the only way to fail because you're not a quitter and you're not a quitter out there listening in entrepreneurship. It's failure. I heard Kobe say this and I loved it and I latched onto it. He goes, someone asked him what's failure. He goes, failure. He goes, honestly, failure is made up. It doesn't even exist. You know, it's not failure if I fall or if I miss the shot, but I, I get up the next day and I go attack again and I learn from it and I grow from it and I realize shoot game seven I airballed two in a row my legs weren't there okay I got to get stronger I got to get better I got to take more shots if you if you have a startup and it fails and it doesn't go to market it's not failure unless you use it as an opportunity to stop it's really successful entrepreneurs they just redirect it into that was a big learning experience yes I just learned and I just grew a ton our biggest growth opportunities are in those dips are in those quote-unquote failures and rejection it like you said it's redirection it's pivoting it's when you are confident in yourself and what you have to offer and you truly think it's a gift whether it's a product a service your business whatever it is you come into a given conversation or meeting like I am offering, I'm extending a gift to this person because again, entrepreneurships are creators. They're problem solvers. They're value adders. I'm bringing value. I'm solving this person's pain point, whatever. If they say no, shoot, a successful entrepreneur is like, that's on them. Their loss. Oh my gosh. It's a no for now. The timing isn't right. I'll circle back fortunes in the follow-up. Make sure to follow up with that person. But when you're confident in yourself and what you have to offer, it it's, doesn't even feel like rejection. It's redirection. Like you said, it's pivoting. It's moving forward. It's on to the next. It's like, I'm going to find the person that the timing is right. And they are seeking the value that I have to add. When I think of the biggest lessons you and I have learned in our life and in our business, I feel like a lot of it is when something didn't go as planned. Like we were 
working on a big goal or like, it's like all or nothing, like feeling like, okay, we have this deadline or we need to do this. And it didn't happen. And we've had that happen a lot where things did not plan out the way that we thought they would, or that we were planning for, or that we had envisioned. And that is when character is built. And that is when your mindset changes. And I feel like you get stronger and you work through it and you realize like, I needed this to happen so that I could show up in a bigger way. I Mm. needed this to happen so I could be a better leader. I needed this to happen so I could see this from a different perspective. Mm. I needed this to happen so I could completely shift my approach, like whatever it might be. So I think, yeah, failure, it doesn't exist. The only way to fail is to quit. I've quit things before. And what I found is things that I've quit, I was never passionate about it in the Mm -hmm. first place. I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. So I think in anything that you're doing, if you're developing a product, if you're starting a business, if you're wanting to start a business, get clear, why are you doing this? Why? Like, what does it mean to you? Like, what will your life look like in five years from now, if you do this, what will your life look like in five years from now if you don't do it? What is the pain that you will experience if you do not follow through on doing this? How will your family feel? How will you feel? How will the people around you feel knowing that this is something that you're passionate about and that you didn't follow through? Like, what does that feel like? To me, that shit feels shitty, right? Like I am driven by pain and knowing, like, I feel like I was put on this earth. I have so much to give and so much to accomplish and so much to learn and to grow. And I'm going to make a lot of mistakes along the way. I still am. I do every single day, but I think the only way to truly flourish and step into the best version of you is to just do it. Mm -hmm. Just do it. I love the why. Yeah. The key is just starting. Entrepreneurs, they just take action. They start. They don't think about it. They don't wait to perfect it. They start. Then they get grounded in why they're doing it. Like Sandy said, think five years from now. Why are you doing it? Is it bigger than you? Is it for your family, your legacy, whatever it is? Who is it for? Why are you doing it? Because your why will pull you through the dips. Will pull. And if you, it's just about something superficial like money, like you're not going to. I want a G wagon. Yeah, that's, that's stupid. It's not going to cut it. That won't cut it sustainably in the long run. So the why will pull you through. You don't have to push and grind and motivate yourself daily to like push forward. You're like, I'm grounded why I'm doing this and it'll pull you through. I think once you have the why, it's casting a vision for your life and for your business and what it can do for your life too. It goes in tune with that why. And I think the world and business rises and falls on leadership and Leaders have vision and leaders can rally a team, their employees, their organization, whatever, around a common vision that you're working towards. So cast a vision for your life and for your organization, for your business and be grounded in your why and move towards that vision every day. And that, you know, that's kind of entrepreneurship in a nutshell, I guess. I just want to end by saying leaders show up. Because I think a lot of times we don't show up for ourselves or for others. And that's not what the entrepreneur version of you, like the best, highest version of you shows up. So like evaluate, like, are you showing up for yourself? Are you showing up for others? Are you showing up for future generations? Are you showing up? Like, are you showing up? I see so many people tell me that they want this or this or this. And their actions are completely opposite. And I want to be like, okay, maybe I misheard you, but I'm pretty sure you said that you wanted this or this or this. 
but you're doing this, which is completely out of alignment. So if you want to like do these things, you got to show up. So like start showing up for you, right? Start showing up for those around you. Just be intentional about it. And it's, don't overthink it. It's not like rocket science. It's just like, it's starting with itty bitty steps. Mm. Mm. I love it. I think too, what Sandy mentioned, if you are or wanting to be an entrepreneur or anything in between, start to think and formulate how does the entrepreneurship version of myself show up? Mm-hmm. If you want to build a million dollar bit, how does the millionaire version of me show up and formulate that identity and just start doing it and being that and living into that? How does the billionaire version of myself show up? Act as if. Act as if. So that's a wrap. That's all we got for today. I think if you enjoyed this show, if it was valuable for you, if you think of anyone else it would be valuable for, share it with them. Text them the link to this episode. Share it on social media, whatever it is. We love you guys for sharing this. We, you know, our, The goal of starting this is just to spread this message, anything that can help people. And that's, that's what we're here for. So share it. It keeps it going. The ratings, reviews, the subscribing. If you haven't done that yet, I'm going to ask you a favor to stop what you're doing and rate, review, and subscribe to this on wherever you listen, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We love spending this time with you guys. We love connecting with you guys on social media at Getting Magnetic. We see you guys sharing and we love connecting in the, in the DMs and beyond. We appreciate you. And any other last words? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's a wrap. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic.